Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Welcome back to the Summer Heat Wave Episode 2. This time, we are circling the wagons with the Buffalo Bills. That's right. It is the Summer Heat Wave. 32 teams in 32 days, all with Brodo Fantasy and the Brodo Fantasy Bros. I am your host, of course, Tim Petrop, here with my brothers, Michael and Jason Petrop. Yeah! You. Uh, if this is their first time seeing us, reminder that we do this every week during the regular season. We go over every single fantasy viable player, and that's exactly what we're going to be doing right now. BrotoFantasy.com is where you, can, or where you can find us. If you want some extra stuff, Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy. Let's get right into it with the offensive outlook where we take a look at the coaches and their impact on the offense. This is the fourth year for head coach, head coach excuse me, Sean McDermott, who I think he's one of the most underrated coaches in the league. Uh, being very close to the AFC East, as a New Yorker, as a Jets fan, I can tell you that he's overachieved with the Bills year after year after year after year. Uh, their offensive coordinator is their third year of Brian Dayball, uh, formerly of Alabama. Uh, run first offense. They run seventh most in the NFL with a run rate of 47.5. And believe it or not, that running starts with their quarterback. So let's get into the quarterback right away with Josh Allen. Finished quarterback six last season, 38 percent of his fantasy production came on the ground that included nine rushing tds but on the passing side he had the lowest completion percentage of any quarterback that was eligible to be recorded lowest in the league but you do add stefan diggs into the mix you do add the fact that it's his third year and he can improve last year i was all about a third year guy who ran a lot that could improve and i got the shit end of that stick. I'll tell you that. That guy's name was Mitch Trubisky. And a lot of Josh Allen and what he is does scream Mitchell Trubisky. Now, am I saying that he's Mitch Trubisky? No. Like, God forbid I say someone's Mitch Trubisky or say something good about Mitch Trubisky anymore in my life. I hear about it on Twitter still 24-7. Um, but at the same time, he's going in the fifth round. He's going in the early sixth round. He's going as a top six quarterback people are drafting him with with that top six expectations so let's start with the quarterback how do you guys feel about josh allen fantasy wise going into this year tim josh allen as you're saying his running potential right running potential is why he's going where he's at on fantasy pros i see him at qb7 uh adp like you said last year he ended his qb6 points per game qb9 so slightly worse if you take him points per game he got a slight bump up because he was healthy the entire season 510 rushing yards, 9 rushing touchdowns. Touchdowns are the least sticky part of any fantasy player each year. 8 rushing touchdowns is rookie season, so some might say, oh, that's just how he plays. That's a lot of rushing yards, um, excuse me, rushing touchdowns for a damn quarterback. So it's a little hard to expect 8 or 9 rushing touchdowns again. And then here we go with how you're saying he was one of the worst passing quarterbacks last year. You know who has had better, who is better in his counting stats his first two seasons in the league? Mitch Trubisky, he had better counting stats, the completion percentage, the touchdowns, the yards per game. He was 33rd in true throw value in 20 uh, in 2018. 2019 improved to QB 20, but he has not had a single game with 25 completions yet in his career. 25 completions, not one. How about a game with over 266 passing yards? Not one. 
How about a you game... You mean that wasn't a completely random number you just yeah. used? <laughs> Two games ever with three passing touchdowns. Last season, nine times he threw less than two touchdowns. Nine games he threw either zero or one touchdown. He's going as QB7. He's going at his absolute ceiling, in my opinion. He's at, He is someone I am not going to own anywhere. I think it is ridiculous that he's going as a QB7, expecting someone to just be different than what he's shown his first two years. Sure, maybe that's a possibility, but I'm, I've am i never really been a believer in Josh Allen's passing potential, and I think banking on eight or nine rushing touchdowns again is a wrong move, so I'm not going to own Josh Allen anywhere. I think QB7 is a crazy ADP for someone like him. I. Uh- I, I'm not gonna have Josh Allen because he's going too hard. I I was a, a I had Josh Allen in probably like 70% of my leagues last year, and he was phenomenal for me. So I like Josh Allen. Last year I he think, was going as like QB 15 though. Right, and he was a phenomenal value. That's why I'm not gonna be drafting him this year. Like I said, like I just don't see the value there. But I think he has a chance to repeat, and I think he has a chance to get better. One, you guys know that the one criticism I have of you guys is that. You guys don't make room for improvements. People can improve. I think yeah, because Mr. Trubisky, good call there, Tim. We tried telling you uh, over and over and uh, over that Trubisky sucked. You agree with me that that Mr. Trubisky could be a good fantasy? I gave up on Derek Carr pretty early. That guy's trash. All right. Anyway, let's talk about the wide receivers though um, that he's going to be throwing to because it's a big deal that he's got these guys in town. And the big name is Stephon Diggs. Gave up a first round pick for him. His name is big. Stefan Diggs, basically a household name for people who know football. The only problem is his production has been pretty inconsistent his entire career, including last season. Last year, he finished as a wide receiver one three times. That included a 40-point performance that ranked him number one overall, and that really took his stats to the next level in his overall rankings. He, re- he, start- he was a wide receiver two or three four times, so that's seven times he was a wide receiver three or better. He finished outside the top 36 receivers eight different times last year. Ugh. And that's been the story of Stefan Diggs, his entire fantasy career. Now, can he be more consistent? There's some plus and minuses. A plus, he is the undisputed number one in Buffalo. There's no Adam Thielen to take away his targets, and that is undisputed, no doubt about it. Smokey Brown's number two. Good. Number two, he has less competition for balls, which is basically what I just said. But there is minuses. Kirk Cousins was one of the most accurate and efficient passers in football last year. Uh, ranking in the top five in true throw value, and Josh Allen is not as, as an efficient passer at all. So, Seven. Stephon Diggs, it's it's. I, I don't know how to feel about him this year because I think it is pretty much a crapshoot. How do you guys feel about Stephon Diggs? No. The, the answer Kembe, is no. The Kembe Mutombo Kembe finger Mutombo. wag. All right, I'm going to give a quick little uh, true values crash course here using Michael's true value report information. If you don't know what true values are, go to brotofantasy.com. Um, so what we did is we quantified the worth of a target from a quarterback. So the quarterback's true throw values basically tell you how many fantasy points a quarterback's throw is worth in terms of fantasy points. True target value takes that um, takes that number. It's a derivative of that number multiplied with factors considering the amount and type of targets that a receiver sees, and that gives you the value of those players' targets. So... Five targets from Ryan Tannehill last year were more valuable than eight targets from Andy Dalton. And that tells you to start a guy even though he's not seeing as much volume. Now let's get to Stephon Diggs. In 2019, Diggs had a preseason ADP of wide receiver 13. He ended the season as wide receiver 20 in PPR leagues. Not too bad. He finished 25th in true target value. 
As Tim mentioned, Kirk Cousins was very efficient last season. Kirk Cousins was seventh in true throw value last season. Stephon Diggs no longer has Kirk Cousins to fall back on. If we take Stephon Diggs' targets, the same exact targets he saw last year, but make Josh Allen his quarterback, Josh Allen was 20th in true throw value. If we take the drop from quarterback 27 to quarterback 20 in true throw value and apply it to Stephon Diggs, Stephon Diggs' true target value from 25th, 3.41, drops to 2.71, 50th. He would have been the 50th wide receiver according to true values if he got the same exact targets from Josh Allen instead of Kirk Cousins. Stephon Diggs' current ADP is wide receiver 21. That's even more than his true value was with Kirk Cousins. Even if he was on the Vikings, he's being overdrafted. I want nothing to do with Stephon Diggs. Literally nothing. You couldn't pay me to draft him where he's going. Agreed. Wow. That's... All right, that's uh, that's that's harsh words. Uh, for me, I'm still. He's someone I, mean, I just I, look I, over in all my drafts, to be honest. Yeah, I I think he's just being drafted too early. Like if I could get him, I'm not gonna get him in like the eighth round. But if I could, I would. I'd bet. But I'm not. I'd bet. I'm not so, gonna get him. I'd bet Tyler Boyd, Michael Gallup. I'd bet both of those guys easily outperform Stefan Diggs this year. Ooh, do we have our first bet of the season? I don't think Jason's gonna disagree. I'll agree. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna disagree with that either. Let's go to the second receiver then, John Brown. Great bounce back season last Smokey. year. Can he? Can he? Yes, Smokey himself. Can he still be viable in a run first offense with an inaccurate passer as a number two guy? Josh Brown, uh, John Brown. I'm the opposite on. I don't mind where he's going at ADP. Last year he was 22nd in targets for all wide receivers, so he saw a decent amount of work. You hope that stays where it's at. He was 31st. Uh, it's going to be tough for that to stay, stay where it's at. It though, is. With it's probably going to drop a little bit. With that amount of targets, he was 31st in true throw value, but he was 20th in fantasy points per game. So he overperformed. New statistic on BrotoFantasy.com um, for our Patreon members, true performance. Tells you true values compared to end-of-season points per game um, to see if this player over or underperformed. Sneak peek at it. John Brown overperformed by 12 spots according to true performance last season. So can we expect him to do that again? It's kind of baked into his ADP. Right now, he's the 37th wide receiver. So even if he drops down a little bit, even if he sees a little bit less targets, wide receiver 37 is reasonable. I don't think he's going to end there. I think he's more of a wide receiver 4 option than this borderline wide receiver 3 option. But I don't mind John Brown at ADP like I do. You no, know, I've seen Brown. I, th- I feel like the ADP is constantly falling too. Like the last couple FFPC drafts I've looked at, John Brown has gone in the 13th round. Like that's just free. Yeah, that's good value. At that point, you gotta take John Brown. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about a guy that Jason loves to hate. Yeah, I'll. The, the bees knees, Cole Beasley, baby, the MC that brings the heat all day. What what? <laughs> Cole Beasley. I'm gonna say this guy is so consistent. It's disgusting. He has one of the most, the one of the most, uh, like reasonable and like reliable floors of anyone at least eight points in 11 weeks. I don't care about an eight-point consistency, though. Well, I'm talking about a guy who's going to be your, like, a guy on the bench who you can put in when you're struggling or when you got injury woes. Like, a guy that gets eight points is a guy that, you know, at least puts up something. He's not going to bust your team out. Is he going to win you weeks? No, but he's not going to bust your team out. And I don't want any of that on my team. That's boring. I don't like boring... Cole Beasley last season ended the season as the 28th wide receiver, and no one still 
Nobody wanted to start him in fantasy. He was it's the twenty eighth wide receiver, and no one wanted to start him. Imagine me this and Jason year. would argue. Me and Jason would argue weekly about whether to start. Don't say no one because I wanted to start Cole Beasley. Said my teams were too good and I couldn't. He had no games with multiple touchdowns. Two games over eighty five yards. I don't want the seven points. You could have he the was seven points. Just consistently very mediocre. And with Diggs in town, that seven might drop to five. So please, we've yeah. already spent too much time talking about Cole Beasley. All right, let's move on to the other pass catcher, the tight end. Um, Dustin Knox flashed something last season, like looked pretty good, had a couple of games where he looked pretty good. But is there enough balls to go around um, to make him a fantasy, fantasy option beyond just like a weekly streamer? Yeah, um, before I take a little water break, Dawson Knox, 28-388-2 and two for a rookie. Not bad. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. Someone Especially you guys drafted in your uh, FFPC Pros vs. Joe's Dynasty League. Yeah, I like the long-term upside of um, Dawson Knox because, you know why? Because he dragged some grown-ass men last year. Yeah, he Just did. Dragged he did. <laughs> He's 6'4", 254, a, and he ran a 4'6", you want to talk yeah. about an athlete. Dawson Knox is an athlete. But Cole Beasley's going to get five points a game. <laughs> John Brown's going to catch some passes. Stephon Diggs is going to catch some passes. Michael's about to tell you about the running backs. They got two of them. I don't see Dawson Knox making that impact this season. I could see it in the future, but not this season. All right, let's talk about those running backs. Devin Singletary going into the draft. It looked like they got rid of Frank Gore. They kept giving Frank Gore the Freaking goal line work, which killed me last season, uh, being a Devin Singletary owner in some places. Um, but he excelled in a limited role. Only 22 years old, averaged 5.1 yards per attempt, was good by any like any measurable or any eye test will tell you that Devin Singletary was good last season. And then they go and they draft Zach Moss with a third-round pick, which is pretty high draft capital for a running back. He holds almost every rushing record in Utah. He was also third in his team in catches last year, which is something that Devin Singletary did not do. Very successful on the goal line, which is the thing that scares me the most in terms of drafting Devin Singletary is Zach Moss is a natural goal line runner, and they gave those carries to Frank Gore last season. So if they're giving those carries to Frank Gore, you could see them giving it to a guy who has been compared to Marshawn Lynch by multiple people in Zach Moss. So this backfield scares me personally. Uh, Michael, how do you feel about this backfield? Devin Singletary is an absolute screaming value at his current ADP. And I'm going to tell you why. In 2018, Devin Singletary in 12 games ended as the overall RB28. In points per game, RB25. In all, for all running backs who played uh, 10 games or more. I took out the other running backs with like one game sample sizes and shit. Devin Singletary last season, like you said, five yard over five yards per carry, top five in breakout run rate, caught at least three passes in half the games where he was active, when he wasn't even starting, just active, and then at the end of the year, when he got that starting running back spot, 79 yards at least in five of his last six games. This season, well, excuse me, last season, the Bills were the sixth most run-heavy team in the league. They averaged 29 carries a game. Do you know how many of that Devin Singletary averaged last year? 12. 12 carries a game, and he aver- and he ended as an RB28, RB25 in points per game. That's including the games where he got like four touches. Devin Singletary's current ADP is RB28. Literally what he ended at last year playing 12 games as a rookie. That's his floor. That's his floor. 
And you're telling me last year the goal line carries. You were uh, upset about that, Tim. How Frank, Gar- how Frank Gore stole them. Devin Singletary saw one goal line carry. Literally, you cannot get any worse. And he was still the RB28. Like, you cannot get any worse. Even if he doesn't get any goal line carry work this year, his floor is the RB28. So even if Zach Moss steals every single goal line carry, which I don't think he's going to do, Devin Singletary is still a value where he's being drafted. Sign me up all day for Devin Singletary all at RB28. Literally all day. All day. Do you think Zach Moss has any standalone value? Well, now here we go with Zach Moss. Zach Moss, on the other hand, is the shiny toy, right? He's the new guy who some people just think you're going to go in there and take over that backfield. And it's just absolutely mind-boggling to me. He is the David Montgomery of last season. The guy that tape grinders absolutely love. And then you look at all his, all his peripherals, and it's just like blah after blah after blah. The, the dude is... Slow and non-explosive, except if you just see a few runs at fucking Utah. Like, relax with the talent level at Utah. The two hoods. This dude's not just going to come into the NFL and be an absolute beast because he was running some people over at Utah. Like, let's just be real about that. So I think it's a little crazy that people think this guy's just going to come in and just be this super dynamic, effective running back. And yeah, he caught some passes last year. Congrats. Devin Singletary wasn't that big of a pass catcher in college, was great at receiving last season. Why would they take him out of that role? Everyone's saying he's going to take the Frank Gore role. Fine. Steal some early down work. Maybe take a couple touchdowns away from uh, Devin Singletary. But if you think Zach Moss is going to be this viable weekly option, unless you're starting, if you're in a start four running backs league, you're crazy. You're going to have to completely bank that this guy scores a goal line touchdown or two. Two what? Two Utes. Well, with that being with that being said, um, <laughs> one injury away, I think my one injury away guy is Zach Moss. Uh, <laughs> I I like his game from what I've seen from him. Now I'm not a I'm not a tape like s- I didn't study his Utah tape from, but I've seen him run. I like what I see, and I like lineage. You know me and lineage. He's the cousin of Santana and Sonoris Moss, so he has that athleticism in his family. Sonoris yeah. Moss. You're That's saying that like it's a good lineage. <laughs> I mean, Santana was Sonoris Moss was an NFL player for a long time. I'm just saying his lineage, um, all around back. I think once he gets the job, if Singletary goes down, it'll be his job to lose. I think he'll take it over. But again, I'm not, you know, I'm not a Zach Moss truther or nothing. I just think that if he gets a shot, he'll he'll do something with it. The obvious in one injury away is both of these guys. No matter what you guys say, one is gonna cannibalize the other. Um, Probably in a 60 to 70 to 30, 40 split in Singletary's favor. But they're going to cannibalize each other. And if one of them goes down, then they're both one injury away from being RB1s. Yeah, everything Michael? I just said. If Singletary were to get hurt, Zach Moss, you got to pick him up and start him. Because then he's just going to be, <laughs> even if he sucks. That's, that's fantasy, baby. He's still going to be getting all the touches. Yeah, I'm, I'm clearly not a big Zach Moss guy. But if that's the case, yeah. You got to add him, but he's him and Singletary, definitely the one injury away because if Zach Moss were to get hurt and Singletary plays 80, 90% of the snaps, he'd be a stud and a half. No one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, and no one gives you 32 teams in 32 days like the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. Follow us on Twitter. Michael, where can they find you? At Brodo FF Mike. Jason. At Brodo FF Jason. You can find me at Brodo FF Tim. See what we did there. You can get everyone, all of us together at the same time at Brodo Fantasy. 
brotofantasy.com for articles, true throw values, and everything Broto Fantasy. Patreon.com to get extra episodes and tons more uh, to join our fantasy leagues as well, which are always a ton of fun. So our next one, we will be looking at the once mighty New England Patriots and see if they can be mighty again. Uh, until tomorrow, peace. Later. Later.